welcome to the Midweek Mash Tatty Sportscast. This is MMA Mash, the weekly mixed martial arts roundup that features all its news and reviews from UFC, One Championship, Beltra, PFL and so much more. My name is, of course, Mick, and as always, I'm joined at cage side by the man that's more question than answer. It's Bonjour. Mr. Paul Kerr. Oh, Paul Kerr's coming in. That's <laughs> my mark. Completely. Completely. That's my mark. And of course, the ever controversial, <laughs> Mr. Harvey A. Wait for it, Smith. Certain. <laughs> I come in too early and he yawns. We're absolutely shite from the goal here, lads. Outstanding. <laughs> Fucking hell. High score. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> My defence is early morning here, okay? <laughs> ah, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> so. Today on the show, um, we will predominantly be covering UFC Vegas 60 and looking ahead to the action next week, which is just Bellator Dublin. But more on that later. We also have a bit of boxing if you want to have a quick chat about it. Um, I don't think there's too much to cover on that, but we might as well just start there, I think. So, without further ado, let's get it on. So, boxing. We had Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G three uh, mm-hmm. last night for us Saturday night. Um, thoughts? Another victory for Canelo? Another decision win? Yep. It's another another day at the. Uh, it's another easy day at the office. Sorry, but uh, Canelo, I would say. Um, I before the fight, I didn't. He, didn't see it going any other way than what it did. Um, I think potentially Canelo would knock Triple G out, but Canelo was chatting that up, so he was mm-hmm. he was talking big going into it. He was saying he was going to knock him out. Mm-hmm. Ah, but in the end, he just I mean, it didn't really look like he actually went for a knockout. Though that's the thing. He just kind of was in there boxing. Yeah, he just did what Canelo does. Aye. Just work. Mm-hmm. Paul, do you have any exciting takes? Um, I'm going to level with you guys. I did not watch this fight. <laughs> I did not watch this fight because at this stage, I think it's going to diminish in returns as far as I'm concerned. Like, what am I going to learn new about this matchup? Mm. For yeah, me, it's, it's, it's not a fight that I'm that interested in. I feel like this, this is going to come into the kind of later stages of both guys' careers, like, what does Triple G mm-hmm. do now, really, that's worth watching as a fight fan? I mean, obviously, he's a, he'll be known as somebody who is a, would legend be fair for Triple G? At his weight mm-hmm. class? Would he be considered a legend? Aye. Would you go as far Aye, as Aye, for legend? sure, Both of them would be legends. Aye. So there's obviously that, but I think it's it's a matchup that's been exhausted at this point, so it really, mm-hmm. I knew it was happening, I didn't even bother my arse, lads. Mm. <laughs> I think that's, that's just a sad, a sad fact, a sad truth about mm. this this matchup and these two guys at this stage of their career. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's an easy argument that uh, Canelo's failed attempt to go up and, and challenge Bavol um, that kind of that was at, that that led to questions being asked and sort of you know what does he have left and. It didn't look bad against Triple G, but like it didn't. It didn't look like there was any improvements for the other couple of times he's fought Triple G, even with Triple G getting a bit older and slower, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of damning. Um, if if Canelo was to be, be believed when he's talking about his fitness being the issue against Bivol, then surely coming back to an weight, training hard for this fight, you would expect him to come out and make a statement. And all he really did was start a bit faster than, than the last fight, and that you know that's that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Other than that, it was just the same kind of performance again. So it doesn't fill me with any confidence to him try to go and rematch Bivol in the future or or, or anybody else at light heavyweight. So it, it by no means means that Canelo is done. I think you know at his kind of optimal weight when he's you know he's he's on the ball, he's he's still the best in the world. Um and and one of the best pound for pound. He's he's a fantastically skilled boxer. 
Mm. But I think he's he's kind of reached his ceiling. Um, for for better or for worse. And Triple G, like he's had a great career. He, he will go down as a legend, like multiweight champion. Some great knockouts, some some fantastic highlight fights and stuff. We be a shame for him that um, it's, it's like many of the greats that they come along at a time when there's somebody that's just that wee rung above them on the ladder. And you don't necessarily get, like, oh, sorry, they don't necessarily get the shine on them that they would. Like, like Triple G for his era would be the absolute man if Canelo Alvarez was the thing. Mm-hmm. But Canelo, through through tri- Triple G's rise on most of it, um, Canelo's been this like young prospect, and then he's he's went on to become this epic undisputed champion. And you could say that, but. You know, you find any of the of the, of the greats, there'll be somebody that was just behind them that didn't quite get the notoriety because of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, it was a somewhat enjoyable fight, but like Paul said, very little meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Aye. Just kind of my, my summation. Aye. Anything else on the boxing? Shall we just dive into the MMA? You know what Canelo means? No. And <laughs> Unsurprisingly, I do not know. Cinnamon. <laughs> oh, of course, because he's sigh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do with his hair colour, obviously. I don't know. I don't know how he got the nickname, but I just know that it's cinnamon. <laughs> oh, his hair's more ginger than it is brown, so mm-hmm. I don't know how that ties him with cinnamon. Mm-hmm. So it's... So cinnamon Alvarez. <laughs> Yo, man. Because he's slightly uh, he's, spicy. Like, I don't know. I don't know. His first name, No Santos, or something. Or... Fuck, no I don't know. I, I would have to consult the old Wikipedia for that one, my friend. Uh, you're, you're going a bit uh, deep for yeah. me as well. <laughs> uh, anyway. Santos, Saul, Alvarez, Bar- 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 Baragan. Baragan. Well, oh, fuck knows. Ah, there you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> now you know that. Harvey Smith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right, moving on. MMA! <laughs> MMA, UFC, UFC Vegas 60. Let's have at it. Before we go on to the, the, the fights that happened, let's first talk about the fight that didn't um, not sure if he's aware of this guys but Aspen Ladd mm-hmm. was supposed to be fighting Sarah McMahon on this card mm-hmm. however Aspen Ladd for the fifth time in her career missed weight, missed weight. and that fight was scrapped cheeky I can neither confirm nor deny whether or not Aspen Ladd is a dirty wee jakey. However, <laughs> <laughs> she is in dire straits for the UFC at this stage. Sure, for the sure you're kind of fucked, aye. I was going to say, like, you're, uh, you're, aye. So, <laughs> this is her, what, what her f- fifth, fifth career weight miss, fourth time in the UFC. Um, it's no looking great. Uh, after the last one, Dana White spoke quite um, in a, a frustrated manner and talked about how she was going to be pretty much forced to go up a weight, uh, up to featherweight. When you look at this one in particular, like it's not that bad. Like she's weighed in at one thirty-eight, right? So two pounds over the max limit for for um, bantamweight one thirty-five. But as I say, that's the fifth time in her career, fourth time in the UFC. That's why it's a big issue, and um, it's. I've not seen any confirmation on why the bout was scrapped directly, like obviously indirectly. It's because of the weight cut eh, or the weight miss, I should say. Um, but I don't know if it was the UFC that scrapped the bout, the commission, or if Sarah McMahon has rightfully turned the fight doing it as a as a catchweight bout. Not entirely sure, but either way, the the fight was scrapped. You only get so many chances at that. I mean, ultimately, that's costing the UFC money because Sarah McMahon has to get paid her show money because she's turned up midweight. Mm-hmm. And they've obviously um, put money into supplying them with kit, doing photo shoots, interviews, etc. for um, yeah. marketing. 
on the media stuff. So mm-hmm. um, they're investing money in the two of them fighting, and then Aspen lads making an ass of that because she's she's not disciplined enough to um, properly go through the weight cutting procedures. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be excuses made about health and her body not responding as they expected it to, and they did the same thing that they've done in the past, and she made weight in the past. Bloody what happened. Mm-hmm. Realistically, the, the fighter's number one job isn't to fight. The number one job is to turn up at the contracted weight to make it to the fight. And then whatever they can do in the ring, cage, etc. Like that's the icing in the cake. That's where they make a name for themselves and get bonuses and stuff. But um, aye, if, if, if you can't turn up on weight, then you're really falling at the first hurdle. So... Yeah, she needs to get a handle on that. So, the actual fights that did take place, let's move on to the undercard. It was a kind of mixed card, I've got to say, UFC Vegas 60. It was like some really good fights, some kind of boring fights, some crazy knockouts, missions, cut-related finishes. Uh, but then also some kind of lackluster decisions. It was, it was quite a mix of stuff. Oh, so, my. The night started out with Nicholas Mota defeating Cameron Van Camp, and that was mm. a first round TKO, and that was a hell of a way to open the card. That was a really fun fight, mm-hmm. um, and and a big TKO win for Mota. Then we had Javid Basharat defeating Tony Gravely in a unanimous decision. No, a bad fight, but no, the most exciting fight either. We then moved on to Gillian Robertson defeating Maria Agapova. I'm kind of, I was kind of, I mean, I still am kind of expecting big, thing, big things for Agapova. Um, I feel like she's got a lot of talent. She's got a lot more to give, but the grappling side of things is no strong point. And Gillian Robertson was able to eventually catch her in a choke. Um, you good. And a real nice choke, yeah. Um, which we'll get to in one wee second because I don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. um, Paul uh, did you see that fight? Oh, oh uh, d- come back to me when it's the main kill <laughs> right do, do me a favour do me a favour quickly google it YouTube it whatever uh, Gillian Robertson versus Maria Agapova Robertson just watch the Agapova. finish right just so that you can, I can get your take on the finish so I basically it, it wasn't that exciting a fight Um it was just Robertson continually going for takedowns and Agapova trying to strike while on the outside and no landing much because Robertson was just coming into range, shooting for takedown, coming into range, shooting for takedown. Aye, so it, it wasn't great to watch, to be honest. And it showed a whole, a serious hole in Agapova's game. Um, she's she's needing to make some, some improvements in the grappling. And... I mean, Robertson's been in that kind of position before in fights. Like, her skill set is very much grappling-based. Like, she's going to she's gonna wrestle. She's going to look for submissions. That's what she does. So I suppose no harm to her. She's doing what she needs to do to win the fight. She's not going to win a striking battle with Agapova. So that's what she had to do. Uh, now, round two, two minutes and 19, the finish came. Real naked choke, as we said. It was quite the visual. Yeah, that ain't nice, man. Agapova no really doing the necessary things to defend the choke got herself allowed herself to be caught in a very very deep real naked choke and she basically mm-hmm. held on as long as she could before she went unconscious Um, yep. and she she was basically convulsing when she got choked to it Ugh. it's one of the more kind of brutal visuals I've seen for a choke usually a choke's quite uneventful you go unconscious you go floppy or stiff some people go floppy some people go stiff um, and then after 10 to 20 seconds you wake back up thinking what the hell just happened you're a wee bit confused mm-hmm. after about a minute you kind of remember what went on you go back to normal everything's fine however on this occasion Agapova got choked out bad to the point that she was like foaming at the mouth and convulsing for a, a good few seconds and it took a few minutes for her to kind of come back to and sort of go back to normal-ish and even then I think she still had to be kind of steady on her feet and stuff I've, I've never really seen somebody go like that for just getting choked out 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty manky, I'm not going to lie. That, uh, that sucked. <laughs> She's a trooper. <laughs> she, she, she's a warrior. She said, "I'm no mm-hmm. fucking tough." She's enough. tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely tough. If I die, I die. <laughs> is it bio? It's not. Is ugh, I mean, I can't even work. It's hard for the ref to even tell. Like he he intervenes the minute she stops moving, but I think she's in trouble way before that. Hi. Oh, she's I just she's just so. making movements that would suggest that she is not mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, she's probably trying to do in order not to lose the fight, but fuck, man. I mean, what? Fuck being a ref. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you meaning? I mean, what are you? Honestly, I, I've been watching it on loop since we started talking about it. Uh, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck being a ref is my take on it, lads. The, the, the ref can't really step in any sooner than they did. What can without, he honestly do there? accused of stopping the fight early anyway. Exactly. Um, aye, it's, aye, it's not a great position for anybody. Uh, no. I just hope she's she's alright and there's no lasting effects for it. I can't think there would be, but the fact that she was convulsing the way she was does make me worry slightly that something happened. But anyway, she mm. did seem to be happy enough after the fight she was congratulating Roberts and stuff so moving on uh, Trey Ogden versus Daniel Zerhuber 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 go with that Ogden versus Zerhuber it was next up fair amount of hype I discovered post uh, post podcast last week I was reading into the fights and stuff a wee bit more discovered there was quite a bit of hype on Daniel Zerhuber coming in as a 12-0 undefeated prospect Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately it didn't quite work out for him Trey, <laughs> oh, Trey Ogden beaten by <laughs> decision it was a decent Jesus fight well. but it was kind of uneventful Aye. I don't know if that was uh, Zohuber getting a wee bit kind of shell-shocked under the big lights or maybe it was just a step up in competition don't quite know maybe it was just a like fantastic performance for Ogden to kind of shut him down mm. I can't really answer any of that um, just it was a an okay fight and it was a unanimous decision win for Trey Ogden mm-hmm. uh, next out we had Loma Lukbunmi defeating Denise Gomez uh, another unanimous decision this one a bit more entertaining though I've got to say this was quite a kind of back and forth fight um, but everything striking grappling etc fairly fun fight uh, ultimately unanimous decision for Luke Boonmi mm-hmm. then we had Trevin Giles defeating Lewis Koski via again mm-hmm. unanimous decision that one I mean mm-hmm. it turned out no too bad the fight kind of more towards the end but the first round in particular like I think it was over a minute before MD threw a strike. They just kind of circled one another. It was a very, very slow start to the fight. Both guys, I think, were looking to counter strike, which typically results in a bit of a boring fight, and that's kind of what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, as I say, as the fight went on, they picked it up a wee bit, a bit more action in the second, and then I think the third was about the busiest round. But it was a bit of a a a piss break matchup. just for whatever reason they just I guess styles make fights or in this case they, they didn't really make much of a fight I think no. that's a, a bit what happened aye it wasn't the greatest fight <laughs> no <laughs> um, then finishing out the undercard we had Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini and this one was just over a minute it took mm-hmm. uh, round one hell of a performance for Damon Jackson quite the kind of sad story to come along with uh, so as it transpires Damon Jackson lost his brother last week found oh, out the news uh, found out the news on Tuesday of fight week um, and had to kind of deal with the emotions and make it to the fight so when when he got into the fight like that was just that, I mean, if if you've seen the fight and wondered why he was fighting like a man possessed, like, he, like there was a time limit on how long he had to finish him or whatever, like, that's why. 
I mean, mm. that was just everything coming out and he just went for it. He went in a rager, landed a massive front kick and then just grabbed right, a load of Sabatini and beat the shit mm -hmm. out of him until the referee stopped it. Yep. Um, aye, so, man, kind of... Aye, heart goes out to him and his family, man. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Boy. That would suck. That would um, really suck. I don't know any details of what happened and I don't really want to read into it, if I'm being honest. Just nah. a sad, sad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately got a performance of the night bonus for his his, uh, his TKO um, he's he's, mm. he's he's won there so that's something I guess it all makes yeah. more sense now right? it's like when he was in the ring after he's pointing up in his family and that was there like, aye he's, I was he's like, pointing huh. up his family his family were all emotional mm -hmm. he sat down for a few minutes against the cage and kind of cried mm -hmm. a bit and, and let some of the emotion out um, yep yep Damn shame, man. Yes, man. Uh, some kind of interest me that is that um, I mean Sabatini was a guy he was on a hell of a run coming into this, and he was mm -hmm. the favourite. And um, stoppage came via verbal submission, which is quite rare. Um, basically, go to the point where Damon Jackson kind of had the back mount, and mm -hmm. he was wailing down the punches on Sabatini, and Sabatini effectively looked at the ref and said something. I don't know what he said exactly. Um, Aye. I've had enough, I give up, save me. Don't know what the words were. <laughs> Hell. Uh, um, it went down as a, a verbal submission. Mm -hmm. So, main card opener. Anthony Hernandez picking up a win over Mark andre Barrio. <laughs> I uh, up Barrio a few times as well. <laughs> what, sorry? Oh, hi, Physi yeah, yeah. He physically picked, picked up, up Barrio aye. as well. Oh, <laughs> indeed. Um, he fucking dumped him and nearly broke his neck <laughs> holy sweet <laughs> Christ Ow. so technical submission win it's noted as mm -hmm. uh, it was an arm triangle choke um, in round aye. three mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty much the story was all about the kind of crisp boxing and the wrestling relentless wrestling of Hernandez mm -hmm. and Barrio like I mean he's tough and he hung in there but Hernandez was all over him. Ah, this was about as dominant as I guess. I thought his stages like I really quite enjoyed Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um now, Paul, something that I think it was you that mentioned that there there was a particular slam uh or takedown, if you'd rather call it that, where Hernandez basically picked it was kind of, it was almost like a mat return, but the way he put Barrio down, he basically spiked him on his head. Aye, aye it was pretty much a tombstone, aye. Mm -hmm. And it was brutal. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a slam like that in MMA. So you could yep. see the impact, like the actual, his whole body jerked with the impact of the hit, man. It was... Mm -hmm. Easy to feel sore this yeah. morning. Um, Sweet there's Christ. no way that's no way that was good for the for the old neck. Definitely no. not. The first thing that went through my head when I saw that though was that that I think that was illegal mm. because it's in the rule. It's in the, the, the sort of unified rules of MMA that you can't drop or spike an opponent on their head. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know what the ref's perspective was on that incident. Like, I know, I'm pretty yeah. sure he, he, he didn't mean it in any way. I don't think he was intending to put him down heat first. But I'm, I'm curious to know if the fight should have been stopped at that point to check on the health of Barrio and see if he could continue after that slam. Mm -hmm. I think probably because his hands went in first. Mm. If I remember correctly. Maybe. Hmm. Don't think he tries to spike him head first. I think he tries to return them, but it's because Barrio leans forward as he lifts him, he puts himself in the position. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. like, I don't know if he's trying to evade or he's trying to roll out it or what he thinks he's trying to do, but he, I think I bet it's on him as well for how he lands on his head. Right, so I've just looked up the wording, right? So this is how it's written. Spiking an opponent to the canvas on his or on his or her head or neck, and it says in brackets, see 
pile driver. Uh, right. So I think what what the rule there is meaning is that it has to be very much a deliberate action of picking somebody mm -hmm. up, turning them upside down, Aye. Aye. and dropping them straight yeah. down. So I think mm -hmm. this would be deemed as like a freak incident. Mm. I I think that's more what it is as opposed to a deliberate act. Like he's he's clearly no tried to force him down on his neck or his head. It's just it's just where they are. And the, I mean, obviously they're up against the fence there. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't think I don't think Barry all helps himself particularly in the way he kind of curls his body forward. Like he put he kind of. Mm -hmm. I, I know. I know. It's easy to say now, the night after the fight, and with no fight experience, him on. But I don't know. It's. I don't think it's deliberate. It's just. It just what a fucking impact. <laughs> no, it didn't half make a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quite wild to see. To be honest, um, I'd be interested to see what his MRI looks looks like after that. That's, that's quite a compressed from this. Be interesting to know what his height is after that. He's probably <laughs> a couple inches shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Went in the cage six foot one, come out five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> one thing to say that I'll say on it though is like I was quite kind of shocked and dare I say appalled at the commentary. Like they were laughing and joking about the fact that the guy just got spiked in his head and how how like brutal it was. When they like there was near like, oh, I hope he's alright. That looked quite severe. You know what I mean? Like mm. <laughs> DC and, and Paul Felder in particular, like they, they just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which um I, I mean I'm sure they're getting name Alice and, and what they were saying and stuff, but I was a wee bit a wee bit shocked that there's kind of reaction to Pretty that. Pretty shocked by that. Hmm? Uh, so moving on uh, next out we had some heavyweights one guy very much a heavyweight the other guy could be a, a cruiserweight or a, or a light heavyweight if he chose to be um, it was Rodrigo Nascimento versus Tanner Boza Nascimento picking up a split Tanner decision <laughs> Nascimento picking up a split decision victory <laughs> um, so Tanner Boza Weighing in at two hundred and twenty nine pounds, mm -hmm. and Nascimento weighing in at I believe two hundred and sixty one pounds. Oh man, mm -hmm. that's quite a difference. Indeed. Um, no, obviously that's kind of something that comes along with heavy division being quite a a wide spectrum of poundage. Um, you can weigh in at anything for two hundred six to about two hundred seven, I suppose, uh, right up to two sixty six. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting look at like the reasons for weight cutting, I suppose. Mm. Like it's an interesting kind of case study. Like Tanner Boza was a lot faster and more agile than Nascimento, but because primarily because of the style of Nascimento, the weight advantage that he had really played a big factor in the end with all the grappling. What did you think about the decision? I didn't agree with it. I thought, but I I'll, thought, uh, I certainly thought, didn't. I thought Bozer won the fight. I thought that he won the first. I gave the second to Nascimento. <laughs> and then I thought that Bozer did enough in the third before and after the takedowns and uh, ground control that he won the fight. Like, he, well, he won the third round based on that. And then that ultimately gives him the fight 2 to 1, in my opinion. Um, the, the note I wrote in this fight was big fat guy sits on top of other guy that equates win <laughs> <laughs> it's another week it's another week where I fucking hate UFC judging <laughs> like basically if you if you want to be fine with judging in UFC jab loads and sit on top of somebody just sound <laughs> like that's that is that is the checklist do you jab? Yes. How much do you jab? All the fucking time. Great. Are you quite heavy? Aye. Sat on topium. Don't move. You'll be fine, mate. Like, it's... <laughs> bullshit. Utter bullshit. No. Sorry, my two cents are just thrown straight in the floor aggressively there, but I, I did not I, enjoy I, I the can't result. Of I can't say I fully agree with you, but at the same time, I can totally see where you're coming from with that. Kind of, <laughs> I'm making points. Right. Um... Yes, it's like I mean when you when you analyse the rules, uh, the judging criteria 
for MMA. The we spoke about this before, like the, the striking is supposed to come first, and then grappling should only really count when it's like clear ground control that and there's no striking advantage to either guy. Then they look at the the amount of time uh, of ground control, and part of that's then like trying to advance your position, try to land strikes, going for submissions. And as you say, Nascimento did not do a whole, whole lot on top. He didn't do that much for top position. He was um, he advanced that, his position in order to stop the other guy hitting him, effectively. That was that. He made himself fair. safe. You and I fair enough, you're, you're showing ground control there, but fucking hell. <laughs> I mean... It stinks, uh, it stinks out of a fight card, that kind of part. It really does. Mm. For me, I've seen, totally stinks out of a card. I've seen a lot more egregious decisions. Um, I did think it was a close fight. It's not quite a Bellator well, wrestle fucker, but it's no I far off. It. It. Did not agree with it. Um, but nevertheless, when it comes down to like Bozer, I mean, he can be miffed at the judges, but he can only at the same time he can only really blame himself. Like he's put himself in there with a guy that's way bigger than him. Uh, he's, he's agreed to take the fight, and then he's been in these situations with the grappling, and he's nobody able to get up quick enough so either it needs to be bigger or it needs to be better at defending takedowns and or um, getting back up to your feet from a takedown so I agree. He, you know what I mean he's, he's got stuff he can go away and work on and if he's pissed off at the decision then he needs to use that as fuel to <laughs> to come back better I guess um, I mean there's, there's scope for him to like add muscle mass to his frame uh, and I know he's he's been asked in interviews about going down to light heavyweight and he's no interest in the slightest he's got no desire to cut weight which is fine that's fair enough and he, I mean mm-hmm. he's big enough but he's going to have to put some some muscle mass on I think not, not so much put muscle, muscle mass on but he needs to get his strength way up to compensate for the the weight that he's he's, he's gained to the, the weight advantage he's given to opponents but anyway I do I do like him man he's, he's a Seems like a cool guy and great mullet. Fun fighter, so hmm. all the best. Hope he gets better. Moving on, another quick one. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer defeating Alan Amadovsky. Big KO in the first round for Pfeiffer. Well, it was yeah. TKO. It says KO, but I, I disagree with that. I would say it's TKO. Aye, it was just a, a kind of lazy left hook, eh, sorry, lazy left uppercut opening up the guard and setting up a straight right drop some of the straight right Amadovsky's looking up thinking what the hell just happened and then Pfeiffer lands another punch just to be sure where am I who am I <laughs> <laughs> effectively he was in quite the vulnerable position the way he was kind of sat down and had his hands on the canvas he wasn't trying to defend himself he was just like propping himself up and just looking up Aye. like what I think he was who done then wasn't he <laughs> Am I fine? Am I fine? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of look about him, I. Um, aye, so, I mean, Pfeiffer came in with some, some hype on him. He's a guy that came from Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, I think he'd won by knockout in his, his fight on the Contender Series, so he was looking, you know, like he had a bit of promise about him. And it was a case of, can he, can he pull out a big performance in his UFC debut and sort of live up to the hype? And he did. I don't know much about Amadovsky, so I can't really say like what kind of level that a competition that is for Pfeiffer. He's probably got a ways to go in terms of climbing up the rankings, but it it definitely seems to have some some hype about him. And an interesting story again. I don't know enough about it to really talk much about it, but he seems to have had a bit of a kind of hellish background. I think there was like kind of childhood issues. I don't know. I'm not quite sure if it was sort of. Marital or whatever with his parents, or if there was abuse or what, I'm, I don't want to comment too much on it because I'm not sure on the story. But there's something going on that ultimately led to him being homeless at one point in time, mm. um, and then he's found his way into to competing in MMA and or training and competing in MMA and like I think living in gyms and stuff to kind of make his way through the ranks. And uh, and then he mentioned that um, after the Contender Series, Dana White gave him a, a bonus off the books. To 
allow him to like get himself somewhere to stay and stuff so as he could keep training and get prepped for his his debut uh, also interesting thing with this fight one of Pfeiffer's coaches is Ray Seffo Ray Seffo's like his mm-hmm. head striking coach oh yes Ray Seffo is the CEO of the PFL so it was kind of interesting that Seffo was cornering Pfeiffer at the UFC when he's the current CEO for a, 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 a rival I, mean, I guess company, you could call them a rival promotion in a, in a way they are mm. it's quite an interesting thing I thought that definitely is it's, it's cool that Seffo is still an active coach I wasn't sure that, that he was um, still coaching I know I've seen pictures of him like, in the gym and stuff so I figured he was still training but I didn't know he was still coaching so that's pretty cool Mm. right Andre Feely versus Bill Algio uh, we had a wee bit of debate last week about was it Bill Algio or was it Lando Venata MMA fighting again letting me down it was indeed Bill Algio that was in this fight versus Andre Feely nevertheless uh, split decision win for Andre Feely not really a kind of a sort of highlight real type type of performance for Feely Um wasn't necessarily his best effort, but then I suppose some of that's done to Bill Aljo, like he put in a good performance himself. I thought it was a very close fight, aye. Um, and ultimately, I, I, I was, was going to say, man, ultimately a very, very close fight came out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, split decision, as I say, and I don't, I'd have to go and watch it again. To I don't know how I feel about that fight. I don't know if the right guy won or not, I'm not sure. I think because the third round he had his back for um, because Philly had his back for so long. Uh-huh. But then I've, I've it's the first time I've ever seen somebody fight so brilliantly with somebody literally on their back. Like he was genuinely. I don't know how you lay into somebody who's behind you. It was it was a like very the way, weird sort the way Alfio did with where he was mm. thrown over his own shoulder. Yep. <laughs> it, it, was it was strange. Incredible. I mean, burst them open. Aye, it, it was strange to me. Mm-hmm. It was very strange to me that Philly stayed there and took the shots. Aye, he, aye. he has the dominant position. He should be able to to move and and avoid the strikes and look to tie up Aljo in a way that okay, maybe he can't quite lock in the submission because he's having to hold his arms or whatever. But he's stopping the strikes. But yeah, he's just aye. lying there taking unanswered punches. Ah, and it was like about 15 punches right to the <laughs> dome, strange. man. Like, I mean, it made, for, it made for an exciting exchange, like, on yep. the ground. And an unusual end to a fight. I kind of wonder but, if it was, um, if it was kind of fitness related in a way. Because Philly had the neck. He, he had, he had the, the choke Philly locked in at one point. Aljo defended it. The real naked choke, obviously, I should say. Um, Aljo defended it and peeled off the top hand but um, Philly still had the choke in place just with the one arm so he, he had his arm wrapped around his neck for a considerable amount of time but Aljo never for one moment looked like he was in danger of getting choked out no no. and it was just odd and then he's just lying there taking punches so I'm wondering if like he, he, Philly was starting to gas out and so like he didn't have the energy so much to squeeze to try, and get this to try and get this choke anymore mm. And at the same time, didn't he have much energy for moving and defending the strikes? He was just like, ah, they're not going to stop. Like, you know, like, I can take these, it's all right. Aye. <laughs> so he just took them. It was weird. It was an interesting fight. He did a bit of a bad week by the sounds as well. Did you catch his post-fight kind of part? I did not. Day? I skipped that one. Me? So he, he kind of said that him and his partner had lost uh, a baby uh, oh, during a miscarriage. I know it's been a bit of bad news week for a few of these fighters. Fuck, man. Sadly. But nah, he, he kind of welled up and nearly lost, lost his emotions a wee bit. Right. Well, I just, mean that? Just going to post fight in the octagon. That in, that in itself explains it because he, he's he's obviously he's going to be emotionally numb after aye, something like that. So that explains why he's just lying there, like taking punishment and he's getting a desire to dent about it. It definitely looked mm-hmm. like a kind of weight lifted all from once mm-hmm. it finished and he found out he'd won. Like, aye. You could definitely see him kind of... It's a shame, man. ...sag down with it all, like, post-fight. Like, <sighs> obviously, that was him kind of coming... ...coming round to being upset about it, because I suppose you... How, how you prepare, prepare for fights when bad shit happens in your personal life, like... Mm-hmm. You must have to just turn off a bit of your brain... Mm-hmm. ...and Aye, think, definitely. I'll get upset about this in, in my own time, but I can't either. Yeah. 
It must be. It must be a hell of a lot of mental management. I mean, I know, like compartmentalizing. Something I've kind of found myself in the past, and, and like plenty of folk have said it. Like when sort of tragedy strikes, and you know somebody passes on, then one of the kind of best things that you can usually do in terms of your mental health is just get back to your normal life. Just go to work, mm-hmm. and I, you're not going to be yourself. You're not going to be yourself. You're 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 going to be a bit depressed and you might snap at people or you might kind of break down at times different things might happen you know I mean you're uh, what's the saying your mileage may vary but um, just trying to get yourself back into the routine helps to kind of slowly pull yourself out the funk and deal with the deal with the the grief and the emotion so I mean I don't know where I'm going with this I suppose that <laughs> <laughs> fucking no easy I think it's no, aye, that's that's very, effectively like, so the I can, moral aye, of the story I can see why they would fling themselves into training but aye, going through with the fight like when you're no a sort of sound mind like aye, that's, it cannot be easy so aye, but uh, just cool. just in time to save us for the, the, the depressive stories um, what a hell of a co-main event we had between Gregory Rodriguez and um, Chidi Chidi Bang Bang and Jokowani Sweet Harry mm. Christ, that. Robo, like Robocop versus the wee funny car. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Great first round for Chidi. Chidi is he's so talented, he's got so much power. The future is still bright for him even after this this fight, but ultimately a second round TKO win for Rodriguez, Robocop, despite mm. having exposed skull. <laughs> oh, was Jesus able to win this fight somehow. Aye, that was the knee caught flush on his forehead, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely flush. Yeah. I I don't know how the guy's standing beyond that. Like the fact that he continues a fight and wins is uh, fucking it's a superhuman ability <laughs> to ignore how sore that must have been. Like I mean, a deep cut, it stings like a motherfucker. It's already distracting you, but a cut that is as deep as... His face nearly opened up like Pac-Man's mouth, man. <laughs> That's what it was like. Ah, That's what was happening to that man's face. But he continues an MMA fight in which more damage could be done to his head. Ah, I'm, I'm speechless at it, man. And, and all the more speechless that he ends up being the winner. Well, as Inchikawani uh, just laid down in the end and went, fuck it again, I've broke the guy's face and he will not stop coming, I'm done. It, it kind of seemed <laughs> like it was a matter of Inchikawani's will being broken, like, like he's just lying there thinking, like, well, what else could I have, could I have done? Like, I beheaded I don't know. this man and he's still coming. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Robocop is just, I mean, that, that fight name is very apt because he just is like a bloody robot, man. Like, he's emotionless, Fearless. It's like Michael fucking Myers. It's unbelievable. Yep. He's plodding after you like a flaming monster. Yep. No matter what you do to him. Face like he's been hacked at with a a machete and still just plodding forward, swinging haymakers. Crazy, man. Um, I was watching at the time and I thought he's got two minutes to win this because the minute he gets to his corner, this is done. Mm. I'm amazed to get let back out. the doctor that they had at ringside, by the way, he he just because obviously there was there was the cut in this fight, and then there was the the cut in the main event the next that we'll, we'll come to. Uh, Song you don't get caught open quite bad, and the doctor's just like saying to the ref, like if they check the cuts, and he's just like, I it looks pretty nasty, but I mean if you're alright to let them fight, just go for it, keep an eye on it. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> the doctor's just like giving no shit just a flesh wound uh, Us- John Cleese is the black knight is the doctor <laughs> usually it's a flesh wound <laughs> usually ringside doctors are like twats in a way because they, they don't care about the fight and the fans and, and the money and whatever like they're just looking at it as like oh this guy's injured and he needs medical attention please stop the fight Hippocratic oath aye mm-hmm. um, which I mean fair play to them like I'm not going to bag on them for that but as a fight fan, that's not what you want. You want the fight to continue. Um, it was it was kind of shocking to me in a way <laughs> to have a, a ringside doctor just like nonchalant with it, be like, ah, I don't like look, it's pretty bad, but if you're all right with it, ref, carry on. Uh, I think 
I guess because he's like, oh, it's not, it's, it's not life threatening or life changing. So just let him fight. <laughs> I think he looked at it as not as bad as what you think it is. There's mm. like, there was no, like massive amounts of blood coming out. Like there was, like, ah, that's, uh, that's a fair point. Like there was the uh, mm-hmm. the initial kind of spillage of blood, if you will, that poured mm-hmm. down his face for the for the initial cut. But then after first round and the, the cut man getting about it, he, he did quite a good mm-hmm. job of stemming the bleeding, and so it wasn't too bad until until the fight, basically the finishing sequence. That's when it started to open up and pour again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had that kind of first yep. minute ish. Uh, the, the second round where it wasn't actually bothering them too much mm-hmm. um, and I think in a way he's kind of locked out like it was a hell, hell of a cut but it was right in the middle his forehead like between the eyebrows so the yeah. blood's pouring like down his nose and his nose is kind of funneling it away for the eyes to a degree so mm-hmm. if if Chiddy had put him on his back and he's on the ground lying on his back then that blood's going to pull in his eyes and oh, it's going to be a problem my. but standing up most of the blood's running running away from his eyes, which is, mm-hmm. is kind of good for him. Like if if the cuts to one side, the blood's going straight into his eye, then he's blinding that eye. Um, mm-hmm. Is Chiddy going to tactically wrong in the second round? We know dragging him to the ground and grinding all over the topium. No, Should just I like, kept punching him in a cut. No, no, but see the okay. thing is, Robocop's actually a grappler. First, he's yeah, a BJJ right. guy. Okay. So right. that would be a bad Scratch move. That. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happens that he's he's part fucking cyborg and he's able to. Ah, fight and like he that. also has ability yeah. in his feet. Aye. Um. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just look at the like that finishing sequence. So they get in the clinch position against the cage. Um, Rodriguez Robocop. He, he gets an underhook with his left arm and he gets a hold of the head, Hench Kwani, and then he just violently throws him with a hip toss like there's no judo in that that is just brute strength and, and violence Aye, muscling him and he, he throws him to the floor and then gets on top of him and, and TKO's him um, and, and then Chiddy is like he's a big strong guy so for Rodriguez to do that is impressive I mean obviously he's beat the brakes off him and there's the mental side and everything else but um, even still like physically that's an impressive thing to do to be able to throw him down like that um, yeah, he's a good grappler uh, I think what Chiddy probably could have been doing in the second round is sticking and moving he, he had like a four or five inch reach advantage he should have been just nailing him with a jab using that big cut between the eyebrows as a target and staying on the outside jab 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 all day long um, once that cut gets bad enough either the ref is stopping in, stepping in to stop it and, and have the, the cut checked again or Robocop gets to the point where he's blind, effectively. And then Chiddy can land the bigger shots and, and push for a push for a finish. So I think that's probably the tactics that he should have been going for second round. No getting himself involved with, with clinching and stuff. But then at the same time, he would have been getting tired and stuff as well because he had a big first round. I'd imagine it would have been a big adrenaline dump with some of the shots that he was landing and getting close to finishing the fight and stuff. So... But nonetheless, it was really good, man. I really enjoyed that fight. Epic. That was that was the fight I was looking forward to the most because I, I, you know, I just had a feeling it was going to go something like that. I, I thought Chiddy was going to get the win. I thought he had the power to put Robocop away, but I'm kind of wondering now if anybody can. I feel like he can maybe take. <laughs> he might be the one man in this planet that can take a punch for Fenganu. <laughs> <laughs> Walk through it. Man. Um, he's he's unreal. So. Main event time. Corey Santagin versus Song Yadong. Basically, strength and power versus speed and, and footwork agility. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, a TKO doctor's stoppage due to, funnily enough, a cut. Um, so, round, it went to round... Well, it almost went to round five. It was like between fourth and fifth rounds. Um, the doctor had decided the cut was getting bad enough. And basically, Yadong's, Song Yadong's left eye was closing up, swelling, and his left eyebrow was like flapping down over his eye. Oh, that's it. It was 
pretty mm. horrible. Um, so it was a very fair stoppage. And Songy Dong didn't protest at all because he knew that like he couldn't see out that eye anymore. Um, aye, I mean, you saw that with post fight, didn't you, mate? Yeah. He's saying, I can't see. Aye, he went, he went straight <laughs> up to him. Mm. Honestly, man. Aye, so when, when the, the result was announced, Corey Sanahagen kind of felt his knees or he was disappointed that he didn't get to finish the fight out properly and it was stopped by a cut. Um, and Songy Dong was straight over to him saying, like, don't worry about it. I, I can't see you out this eye. <laughs> like, you did, you, did, you did good, man. <laughs> you won. Mm-hmm. Take it. Because um, it was a, I want to say in the second round, um, Sanhagen stepped in with, with a left elbow that opened up the cut. Um, and it, was, it was just a really good performance for Corey Sanhagen. Um, mm-hmm. it, like, he wasn't dominating the fight in any way, but he was just that wee bit faster and the, the, that wee bit better at moving and the footwork and it was la- good shot selection landing kicks landing punches landing elbows um, just doing that wee bit more each way each time taking it out work song and dong and I think he would have comfortably won a decision um, mm-hmm. had it went the distance but aye he, he opened up that cut and that was that it was all she mm-hmm. do it's a good fight though. It was. It was a fun fight. It was a good main event. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when we were talking about like the doctor and stuff like that, I watched something with um that what's his name? Stitch. Mm-hmm. Stitch Duran. No, Stitch Duran. Roberto no. Stitch Duran. Uh, I think I don't know if I sent you it, but I um I think I did. I, don't know. I remember seeing something. I didn't get around to watching it. Alright. So quick like 10, 15 minute video, but I, it was really interesting like to see him talk about um like talk about the job and okay. and doing the job and the stuff that he used like they use, like the corner men use and stuff. Right. But um also it was interesting that he said one of the, the things is you, you need to uh, know as a corner man is like or a stitch man, you need uh to know the rules. Like if you know the rules you can win a fight or a fight by stopping the fight. I think he explained like on one of the times like uh, he knew that his fighter was winning um, okay. on the cart like and um, like I don't know if it was an accidental cut or whatever it was um, so he just like told the ref the guy can't continue because of the cut and then obviously it goes to decision like it goes to the judges cards right uh, so like he said he's won a couple of fighters fights today <laughs> I was like, oh, smart. Like, because so, uh, he knew, cause he knew he the rules. Was he talking about boxing in that case? Uh, I'm not sure if it was boxing or MMA wanted to, I don't know. Right. Bye. Usually, <laughs> if a fight stopped by a cut in MMA, then that would mean that it's a TKO win for the guy that caused the cut. Mm-hmm. So, no, but I think he was saying it was if it was an accidental, like, something like. Well, if it was, was, I, if it was an illegal strike head. that caused the cut, like an accidental headbutt. Uh-huh. Aye, I think then, that's what aye, it was. Right, know. okay, right. Um, and he said, like, oh, the fight could have continued, I could have stitched them up, but I told, <laughs> he's like, I told the ref that he can't continue. Right. And I, he said, aye, that's how he, he's won a few fighters' fights like that. Right. It's like sneaky. He's, but it was interesting. He's, um, he's, got, he's got some great stories to stitch. He, he's, a guy, he's a guy that's been around for years. I think he's did like 30, 40 mm-hmm. years as a cop man. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's been he's been ringside for some of the biggest fights in boxing and MMA um, there's, yep. there's a lot of the kind of top fighters over the years across both sports that have uh, and kickboxing kickboxing as well I believe uh, there's a lot of the top mm-hmm. fighters have like requested him um, mm-hmm. to be there to like go and be the, their personal cut man like he's worked for companies like he worked for the UFC for a long time and so the UFC would just assign mm-hmm. him to various fighters through the night like they would say right you're mm-hmm. working this fight this fight this fight your corner and like you're in the blue corner or whatever whatever it would be mm-hmm. um, but then he's also been like paid to go out and be the personal cut man for insert fighter name here kind of thing uh, like, I believe he did the the um, what did you call them uh, oh what's their name the Ukrainian Klitschko Brothers Kl- that's Klitschko's Klitschko I believe Brothers. he did the Klitschko Aye. Brothers um, I think he worked with Mike, he was there. Mike Tyson at one point in time Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Tyson, a lot of big names, I think he was saying um, 
Brock Lesnar. But in MMA, Brock Lesnar always requested to work with him. Mm-hmm. You had him. There's a, there's a few. It's interesting. Like, so he was saying, because he uh, obviously he had the Klitschko brothers, mm-hmm. and when Brock came into the UFC and he tried to put the gloves on, the gloves had burst. Right. So it, it got to the point, he said that literally it was um, like they would have got to call off the fight, I believe, because the gloves wouldn't fit and obviously you have mm-hmm. to have the gloves yep. so, so he basically he remembered the, the clutch goes and that he had to like, just fucking smash Vaseline all over his hands and that to oh, get right, to get him into the gloves because his hands are so massive it, it's, a, it's a random <laughs> tidbit of information but like the UFC had to get their glove supplier to start making a bigger mm-hmm. size of glove after Brock Lesnar came about because he was the first guy where yep. the, the biggest size that they previously had didn't fit him Mm-hmm. Like there's, there was guys before that that had big hands that kind of struggled to get in the glove, but they could get away with it. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, um, the, the gloves just didn't fit Lesnar. He just had absolute lunchbox hands. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, shows. Thanks for story time, Uncle Harvey. Um, moving along on, now, <laughs> uh, we'll quickly look ahead to Bellator next week. Uh, so. The main event is Benson Henderson versus Peter Quilly. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. The co-main event mm-hmm. of the night is Melvin Manoff, legend across kickboxing and MMA, taking on the one and only Jesus' favourite son, Yuel Romero. Yuel Romero. Um, Man that's made of stone. <laughs> granite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very much looking forward to that fight that will be very interesting man um, Romero's going to be considerably bigger than Manoff Melvin Manoff is mm-hmm. not a big man um, but he has fought at heavyweight in the past as Melvin Manoff and he's he's beat guys like um, Mark Hunt he's knocked Mark Hunt out in kickboxing mm-hmm. uh, no MMA hmm. I think it was MMA I think it was, I think it was four K one, which was primarily a kickboxing organization. But I think it was an MMA fight. Fact, you know what? I think it was when Pride did their cross promotion with K one back in the day. Anyway, right. Nobody's probably caring about that. So, um, just, uh, just, just uh, take my word on it that Melvin Manoff is a. Absolute badass who has been about for years, and he hits like an absolute tank. He he's got some serious punching powder. He's very punching powder, punching power. Uh, he's very fast and explosive. And Yo Romero is obviously just insane. Makes no sense as a human. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we've also got Lee McCourt on the card. She's taking on Diana Silva. And hi, that's about <laughs> there's some Irish names and stuff on there. <laughs> uh, Mads Burnell, Pedro Carvalho, that'll probably be decent, but I mean, aye, it's, it's barely at all. Like, more often than not, you get fun fights, but I mean, you'd have to be a diehard to, to know half the, the fighters on the card, so yeah, it's what it is. So, that is next Saturday. Any, any, the kind of speak, any final thoughts, lads? <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> I'm all good, mate. Fair play. So, I've got you... the um. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he can't it. he needs... It's like a fucking need. He needs to do it. He needs to wait to the start the sentence before pr- he does it. Pr- pretty sure I asked if he had any final thoughts, are we? It's like Father Dougal with that big red button in the cockpit and Father Ted. He's just staring at it. Oh. Don't push that button, Dougal. <laughs> uh, but you see, I started talking before he started talking, so. Not on my end. Maybe there was some. Not on my end. Maybe, maybe okay. there was a wee bit of lag in your end. <laughs> anyway, what would you like to say? And he's for goat. Would you like um, to 
No, I've not forgot. So <laughs> we've got how to start calling Robocop Shiva now. Is it Shiva? Third eye? One with the third eye? <laughs> Do you know how Shiva? I am aware, yes. I get I get the yeah, reference. The third eye. Okay. Oh, third eye, right. Fair play. That was well worth the interruption. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was. It was. Jokes are always best when you're going to explain them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Right. If you have been, thank you very much for listening. As always, I have been Mick and they have been Harvey and Paul. We've had a good time. Hope you have day. See you again next week. Cheerio, bye, driver. Bye. 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 Bye.